Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Main Street Firefighting. We're live here at FDIC, kind of wrapping up the week. Uh, happy to have everybody here. Uh, my name is Lex Shady. We have Chris Hoban, obviously, and then we're joined by Dave Mellon. He's on with us a couple times before. Um, we're just kind of wrapping up the week. Obviously, it's a big week uh, where we talk about training, right? That's all why we're all here. So we're just going to kind of have a little discussion on training in the fire service, obviously building construction, and what do we do with all the young guys we have? So... Yeah, so, uh, you know, thanks for everyone who's given us their time listening in on us. This is always a cool venue to do. We always try to get in on it. Um, it's kind of a kind of a cool little tradition. We found Dave the Dude. All right, it's Dave Mellon. Um, he was with us our first time we did this. Just kind of an impromptu thing, and it turned into a friendship. Um, Midwest guy just like ourselves, and uh, we always have a good time with this. So we're glad to have you on again, once again, Dave. So, uh, you know, take it away from there. Oh, I just, wow, you just hand that <laughs> off just everything. Well, hey, now. how's it going, everybody? So, uh, no, so, okay, so we kind of talked a little bit off camera about uh, training and how we get people uh, excited to be able to go out and specifically about, like, building construction right. and stuff like that. So uh, I'm in a really unique spot. We kind of talked about this last year, and I want to touch on it again, that uh, I work as a career firefighter in a suburb of Kansas City. We have the nation's largest FedEx depot in my district. Uh, we have multi-million square foot uh, warehouses. Mm -hmm. And then behind my fire station, there are like double wides. And <laughs> to the north is like 7,000 square foot McMansions. The aerial view of your city is weird. Yes, it is very weird. <laughs> very so weird. it is like the weirdest conglomerate of every target hazard you could ever think of. Um, but we still have people that don't feel like it's necessary to go out and see those things. Right. Uh, and so we do go to a lot of these manufacturing plants. We get to see a lot of different types of construction. Um, but in our district, we have lath and plaster, we have chiplap, we have uh, modern construction. And so we try to pitch to people um, as we're going out and doing pre-plans that, you know, it's important to understand the type of building that you're going into uh, and understand why those differences matter. And so we have kind of created this culture where it's just expected right. that as they're going out and they're doing their pre-plans, as they're going out and doing training, we were coming back from a call one day and there was uh, new construction. And I missed it. I wasn't even paying attention. And one of the other firefighters was like, hey, there's a new house getting built. And the driver stopped. Wow. And we awesome. got out and like Good. went and walked through the house. That's Good. so cool because that's what we tell people all the time. Like, you have to stop while they're being built. Stop before the drywall's yes. up, before the roof's up. Go look at it now while you can actually see everything. It's like an x-ray picture that you don't get at any other time. Oh, absolutely. And that specific one, I mean, you guys are going to love this. And for those watching that specific house was being built in tandem with two others. Mm -hmm. uh, and so two of the houses out of the three were like OSB and the wooden I-beams. Mm. This one was dimensional lumber. Really? It so was the same layout, same design, same everything. But the person that was building that house said, I want dimensional lumber. Interesting. And so being able to see almost oh the same exact layout for uh, you know those type of things it was cool. It was really cool to see it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to be able to have those houses side by side too, to show the newer guys that maybe didn't know. A lot of times you talk about stuff and you see a picture in the book, it's totally different to see in person. So when you can show them two houses side by side, say right. lay out different materials, then they're going to get it. Yeah. So yeah, the, you know, the big million dollar question, uh, the elephant in the room is how do we get the younger generation engaged in what would all seem to, you know, we all agree on this kind of a mundane, boring subject, right? You know, just building instruction. It's not flashy. Um, it's not the hot topic. It's not in vogue. But yet it's probably one of the most relevant subjects to be 
in tune with as an expert firefighter, fire behavior and building instruction, I think we can all agree on are the two main things. Everything else is built a knowledge base upon those as a foundation. So, so what do we do? Like, how do we move the younger generation forward, literally into these buildings, into the subject of these buildings? How do we keep, how do we keep it alive? How do we keep the conversation going? Because it's in everyone's best interest. And, uh, and we can just take a, a general synopsis of this, this awesome, awesome um, conference and look at the classes. And quite frankly, there's not a lot of people talking about buildings. Right. There might be people talking about a little bit about buildings in every class, but there's really not anybody with a, with a forte or a niche. And, and I, I don't think there'll ever be enough. But um, in my opinion, there needs to be more. Um, well, and how do you draw people to those classes? How do you too, draw, right? like, FGIC how do you is draw amazing people to in that the subject. aspect of there's... I don't even know how many hundreds of classes, right? You so you have all these choices, you know, you have a buffet of classes to pick from. How do you, as an instructor or a mentor of someone, encourage someone to say, okay, yeah, this class looks cool and it's right. fun, but how do you, you're like, you need to learn some building construction. Yeah. How do you funnel them to that class? What do you do in your class to make it interesting and make it engaging enough for them to want to come learn it? Yeah. So I, there's a couple of things that you hit on and I want to hit each one. Right. Uh, so in your class, I think like you guys do a really good job of engaging. Like it's a discussion. They're talking mm -hmm. about it. You're like, tell us about what's in your district. Let's look at what I've seen in my district and right. things like that. So, I mean, it's a conversation, which is awesome. And that's engaging, but I think the, the issue is much bigger. And I think it goes to the whole fire service. Like you and I were talking about off camera. Mm -hmm. It's a cultural issue. I mean, sure. when we teach fire one and fire two and we get to building construction and every instructor and you know who you are, <laughs> every instructor goes, oh, <sighs> sorry, guys, we're going to have to go over building construction. It's going to be for a couple nights. You guys will get through it. Then we'll get on to moving hoses and, right. and fighting fire. And we put the premise at the very beginning when they're going through fire one and fire two, the building construction is dumb. Right. Sure. And so I was fortunate that when I was going through fire school. Uh, my instructor was very big into building construction. And so he had us go out and do like every building on campus. Hmm. We awesome. had to go through and look. And so like, I got to see what a cock loft was. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be able to say cock loft. <laughs> I got to go see what a cock loft was in the Midwest because nobody really knew what that was. Right. And he's like, we don't call it that, you know, it's a void space. Right. right sure. But I knew what that was before mm -hmm. I ever got out into the world. Right. Sure. Um, and so I know people now that are even coming out of fire one, fire two, that yeah. you talk about a void space or a dead air space or a chase or a cock loft, whatever you want to call it. They're like, what? Huh? Sure. Yeah. They have no, they have idea. no idea. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that people don't realize if all you know about building instruction is what's given to you in the book, you are so behind the ball and atrophied in, in real life on the street wise level right. that it's, it, it would it takes a lot of effort of someone to really deliberately get you caught up. Well, and almost everything you do in the fire academy, you'll see again, right? Like, so you learn how to stretch a hose line or throw a ladder. When you do a full-scale evolution, you're doing the hose line again. You're doing the ladder again. When you do your building construction day, you're lucky if you get eight hours. Right. And then you never talk about building construction again because you're in a burn tower. Right. And you can't talk about building construction in a burn tower that you know, is at best a Connex box, right? It, sure. And then we're talking about all the secondary skills that building instruction leads up to and like overhauls the big one, right? I can't teach you how to pull plaster and lath the drywall in, in a metal Connex box. I can't teach sure. you what a void space is in a concrete burn tower. So if you aren't out in your buildings, in vacant buildings training, then how are you learning? You will never get good at that skill. It's a, it is an impossibility. So 
10 years down the line, don't, don't ask yourself, man, why aren't I as good as I should have been? Right. Yeah. It, it all just makes sense. Well, and I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, <laughs> right? Like we're friends. Yeah. I, I can laugh. So it is when you started saying this, I just started laughing because you're like, well, you know, I mean, there's, you know, can't pull lath and plaster in a, in a building, in a you know commercial building, uh, burn trial, burn trailer. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. But you know what I can do? I can put up a couple two by fours and put a bunch of lath in there and make a prop. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. I can take, go outside and build a prop where you can go in and do chip lap, uh, mm-hmm. all the stuff that we need to be able to do. I can even replicate balloon frame construction mm-hmm. and light it on fire. Sure. It's even if you're not giving them the chance to do awesome reps, right. because those are, it's hard. It Absolutely. is hard to build enough props to get enough students through a class to get reps in. But even if you build it and let them see it, yeah. that's at least better than a slide and a projection. If, if you build a prop and I, Listen, I'm not coining anything. I'm not going to build it commercially, so feel free to do whatever. Uh, there's a couple of people watching that I know could build this prop for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could do a window prop and literally have one side be balloon frame and the other side have the header. And mm-hmm. it's sure. one side's going to blow through the top and the other one isn't. That one station would teach so much about building construction sure. that they will never get to see. Right. Building construction, then you have your overhaul, and then that's how you learn how to use your tools, right? right. You know, you don't want kids breaking axe handles and pike poles. Well, then how are they supposed to get good at that and get tool discipline if they never get to use the tools, right? right. So like I said, building instruction is literally is leads to everything, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is a gateway subject that leads to all these other subsequent squ- skills that, you know, it just makes a well-rounded fireman in the long run. I know you talk to a lot of guys like, the, you know, the senior guys that talk about the cultures of departments are changing, right? People aren't as invested in, you know, the tools or the trucks or whatever. Well, maybe we start back with the building construction because like you said, that's your base for your your tool your skill work there yeah. and if you're if you're good with your tools you're going to want to make sure that the tool is good so that it works so if all this is just a foundation you know maybe that's where we start maybe it isn't you know getting guys off their phones simply it's just starting with the basics of building construction and i don't know maybe that fixes some it, of the problems it, it's it's the, one of the only things we can talk about too even on the non-fire calls every almost every call we do except a brush fire some outside dumpster fire almost everything we do we can hit on a building instruction aspect. What kind of building was that EMS calling? Hey, how many floors was that? Where was the stairs? You know, how many windows are on the front? Like, that's what the guys used to ask me on my first couple runs um, it, when I got on in, in the city, you know, just to make sure my situational awareness. So, you know, I kind of had that habit of kind of seeing the building before I was even realizing I was looking at, it, you know, and that's all stuff you can hit on, on all the EMS calls that everyone, you know, is not so cool about yeah. these days. Well, and it's, it again, going back to the culture, and I know there's about a million different rabbit holes that we could go down just mm-hmm. on culture, um, but I really do feel fortunate in the area that I'm in because, again, looking at the culture and how we do things, it's not uncommon for us to be on a medical call. And, like, we just had one a couple of weeks ago where there's an elevator in a house. Yeah. So it's like a residential house, mm-hmm. has an elevator. I was completely oblivious. We're taking care of this dude. Get him loaded in the ambulance. Ambulance drives off, and our driver was like, "Hey, uh, come over here and take a look at this." It was a full-on like commercial elevator inside of this house. Crazy, wow. right? and I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." Yeah, mm-hmm. how did they get this thing in here? And we're like trying to figure it out. And of course, you know, we're in the house. Uh, the wife was there. I mean, we asked, "Hey, right. can we look at this?" Um, but yeah, we took a million pictures. We were looking at how yeah. things were, and then we realized that you know, hey, it's a residential house, but we're going to need the elevator key. We're going to need sure all the things that we would need on a regular commercial mm-hmm. building, right? In this house that's in the middle house. of the neighborhood, right? Yeah. So, and, and we did we just did a podcast 
on using EMS as your basically your your, your, your recon as your your fires, you know, your intel to get your those are the people who are generally running the most calls inside the residences the most amount of time, right? Yeah. So if you have a busy ambulance or you're running the majority of EMS runs, use that as an opportunity to like what our, our friend Steve Robertson says, never waste a run, right? Use that as your intel 100%. and you find that kind of stuff. So they come back to the fire and go, man, you never believe what we just saw. Imagine if that, we've always heard the story with starting off with, you know, wait till that place is on fire or I hope that place is never on fire. Or, when that place is on fire. I have so many of those. Right. right. So yeah. in, and that's the kind of culture you got to start encompassing in selling. And then you have to understand that this younger generation, uh, everything is on a screen. It's hard for them to take their eyes off that. And get they have it the attention there. span of a squirrel. So, which, right. which in some, a lot of people we've come across, especially with this podcast, we want to have them on the show. And they're like, dude, bro, I, I'm, I don't know anything about buildings. I'm like, hey, man, we're not architects. We're not engineers. Like, we're not asking you to, to know that. We don't need you to know that level. We're just firemen talking about buildings on fire. You know, like you do know a lot. You just don't think you do. So a lot of people aren't confident in saying stuff or even talking about the building because they're afraid that they're wrong. And that's okay because we're wrong just as much as we're right. right. You know, and there's always that person. It seems like no matter what department we go to from the smallest departments to the largest departments who does have a pedigree in some sort of trade and can talk and educate the rest of the, the, the groups. Right. So, and that's why it's so important to get get the younger generation out there in the streets and, and to have them ask the questions, have I mean, them ask the questions. It's mind blowing to me that, so we, we talk about line of duty deaths, right? We lose people in these buildings for whatever reason, whatever tragic thing happens, but it, always at some point it relates back to some building construction and yeah. fire behavior at some point. Right? So we talk about this, but how do you, like, I just, I don't understand the disconnect between like this happened. It's sad. We need to learn from it. Well, what you need to learn from it is building construction, but we, they don't make that connection. Right. They go on and they, they pre- not that it's not important, but they practice RIT, they practice Mayday stuff, they practice, you know, hose line advancement, whatever. They don't focus on the building. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't and know how what, do you, how do you get people to understand that that's what you need to look at here? And that's what people understand. The building has the final say. We can't fix anything wrong with the building. We can fix every other problem on the fire ground, whether it's fire, smoke, or people needing rescued. We have the tools. We show up with all the solutions, except for a compromised building and a problem with the building. We we have no vote in that equation other than right. to either catch it before it catches us or to avoid it. Sure. And that's what that's why it's such an important subject, along with fire behavior, which once again, we have the solution to that. Even if we don't know what we're doing with that, we have the solution to that. The buildings, that is not a, that is not a good time to learn those lessons. Yeah. Those, those are very bad days. So it just makes makes the point of this subject is will never go away and the importance will never subside only getting more important because now we're now we're throwing all the new stuff in there with the old stuff and not only that we're forgetting about the old stuff is still there and we're, we're not talking about the old stuff as much because all the modern construction in the past 10 15 years so has been so overemphasized overemphasized we're forgetting about the old buildings and all of a sudden typical small town midwest you got the fire on the third floor of a main street holy cow Right. How are we getting up there? That's not the time to start talking about brick buildings in your brain. Right. Right. And so. Well, and that's like to your point. Uh, and I think we talked about this last year as well. So I used to volunteer in a small, smaller town out west of the metro. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not way west, but just outside a little bit. Uh, they had a downtown corridor that had basically a tunnel system that ran between all of these connected buildings. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I had no idea that it was there. And so, you know, we're sitting there one day, we went on a smells and bells and uh, 
they had like we were getting one from building A and then all of a sudden people from building B were coming out and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we have a smell. Mm-hmm. And then we go to C and D and people are kind of like hanging out the windows. Not like it was on fire, yeah. but they're just right. like, hey, we can smell it in here too. And I'm like, what is going on with this? Right. right. One of the old veteran dudes was like, hey man, there's a tunnel that runs underneath these buildings. Gold. Sure right? enough, we Gold. go down there and there's burnt wiring. I'm like, yeah. oh man. Well, what are that we going to do when those dudes are gone? Yeah, what right. happens when right. that guy's not there? Yeah, right. Well, like and that's now, what we they, need to have the tradition of them passing it along. Right. Yeah. I mean, the information can't be lorded and hoarded. Sure, right. sure. for sure. Uh, and, and so having those people record it, mm-hmm. document it, like we were, we're doing, okay, so we use first do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so we've done a lot with our pre-plans and we've had a lot of information um, basically tied into uh, what we used to do on like 15 different softwares that Mm -hmm. didn't communicate with each other. Now we have one platform where we're actually getting the older people that know you don't have to be older. I'm not saying that, but more senior people uh, to come in and actually document all these things in these buildings so that that way, 20 years from now, we have all of it because you're right. When uh, Sarah or Joe retires, we don't have that. Right. Right. And that's the thing too, is these fires aren't that common so they're only, you know, one every 10 years or so. And then that person was there at that fire, learned all those lessons. Because right. when we go to these towns and do these classes and do these walkthroughs, there's always that individual saying, man, when that candle shop was on fire, yep. you know, X, Y, Z, we learned this. And then, like you said, when that person leaves, the next time the candle shop's on fire, they, all that, that's, that's going to be a huge reflex. You just reflex, repeat the right? same You're mistakes. You're going to repeat the same mistakes you if you had it any. Um, but it's amazing to, to hear the, the old timers or the senior members of the department start talking because they're always the ones that are kind of like, ah, man, I don't need to talk. I grew up in this town. I was born in this town right. and I've been in these buildings my whole life for you know 50 years. Why am I talking about these buildings? Again? But then we get them out on the street and the war stories come out. Right. And war stories really lead to, to lessons. What I like so, what you said that you guys started to write it down, because I think sometimes these the senior members don't want to talk about what right. they know from the building because they think maybe the new kid's not listening. But if it's getting written down of what they're saying is like important, yeah. then even if the new kid isn't listening right then, right. the day the call comes in, those notes are there and he's sure as hell listening there, right? Oh, he's reading that notes then. He's still learning. Well, and I'm not joking. Like I had one firefighter who was like, I'm not sitting down on a computer and putting that stuff in for hours. I'll right. write it down on paper and y'all can go put it in. Right. I was like, really? Okay, that's like, fine. Whatever, I'll like, yeah, whatever, take the man. info. Yeah. So yeah, we we literally transcribed it from paper into the computer system because he was awesome. like, I don't do computers. I'm so, like, okay. And it's so cool to see the magic happen with the senior members and the knowledge being passed down because like I said, until you don't really saw them with the classroom part, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a typical classroom. But when we get them on the street, the magic happens. Those senior members who've been sitting there all class like this, drinking their coffee, <laughs> quite frankly, hearing the stuff they already know, they get out on the street and they really start teaching our class for us. Yeah. And they're like, we just hey, follow along. We just follow along. We let them go. We let mm-hmm. them essentially self-teach the rest of the members of the department because they're like, hey, yeah, the candle factory, if we got a fire in that basement, there's tunnels. You know, they're, you know, and then, wow, things and are And a lot of times us, they're you know? like, I don't want to say showing off, but like they're showing us their town. Right. So when they show us, they're like, hey, look at this cool thing that's unique about us. Everybody hears Everybody's it. hearing it, right? Like, Do they tell you about the tire swing at old Boo Radley's? <laughs> What? Do they? You don't remember that from Mr. Deeds? No. Oh man, I did, See, the, I did not make it through the whole movie. I, I'm pretty good on the movie references. Wow. That one, that See, was movie references are completely over my yeah. head. At all usually, times. usually, I get wow. them. I didn't get all that right, one. well, I'm just gonna throw them out because I'm sure the viewers know what yeah. I'm talking about. Didn't, I didn't get that one. Watch the movie. Head. All right, now we gotta watch the movie. Wow, swing and a miss. All right, <laughs> yeah, Adam, Adam Sandler. No so, 
You said earlier that you you were driving. You saw these. One of your guys saw the houses. Yeah, I totally missed your it. Your driver stopped. Right? How did you get that culture on that fire truck? So it really wasn't hard. I mean, we I think we just kind of developed it over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me. Obviously, I train, right? right? So, like, I'm passionate about training anyway. Uh, and I get it. I'm extra. I, people hate dealing with me sometimes. Uh, actually, a lot of people hate dealing with me now that I think about it. But I kind of pushed that culture on my end. And then I also had a captain who had a thirst for knowledge. And I had mm-hmm. a driver who felt like he was becoming complacent, even though he didn't want to be complacent. And so it really was kind of the trifecta. Right. Uh, it couldn't have worked out any better to have all of those things come together. And we're like, let's just go out and drive and look and, mm-hmm. and whatever. Sure. Now on the flip side, uh, you know, one of my, uh, a part-time department that I work for, our culture, because literally I ride on trucks all day long with people that are my age or younger, we're just like, we'll be going out to the store and they'll be like, hey, Melon, can we swing by and, and go look at the new construction? Sure. That's, that's or, awesome. You know, so I, I think a lot of it was already there, mm-hmm. but it's us wanting to perfect our craft. So what do you think a officer or even maybe a backstep that wants that culture on his truck but doesn't have it? What do you think they can do? Like, what what do you think is an avenue for them to take? Yeah. So I think, listen, we know that the world's problems get fixed at the coffee table in the firehouse, mm-hmm. right? So you're sitting at the kitchen table and you're having dinner and you're, we'll start with the back end firefighter. So you're the back end firefighter and you're sitting there with your officer and your driver and your senior firefighter. And you say, hey, I really want to learn more about building construction. I know that we go out and drive all the time. Uh, you know, we got to go run errands. We go up to the next town to Walmart or whatever. Is there any way that we can start stopping at some of these new houses? Uh, or you can approach it like this. You drive around when you get off shift, go spend 15 Correct. or 20 minutes mm-hmm. driving around your district, but don't get out yourself and go do it. Just write the address down or mm-hmm. write down the cross streets. Sure. Then go back and say, hey, I was driving home the other day and I found this house and I, you know, let's go look at it. Uh, worst case scenario, you're going to be annoying to them. Right. Right. But they aren't going to deny that it's a good idea. Right. Sure. They're going to go back to anybody that's worth their weight is going to go back and be like, yeah, they're right. We should probably, eh, you know, (laughs) so that one time that they stop then becomes two times and then it's four times and then it's eight times. And then that's kind of how that culture changes. And even with us, when we started doing it, other shifts started doing it because we would tell them at shift change. Yeah. yeah, Hey, we swung by and there was dimensional lumber. You guys got to go up and look at this. It's awesome. So what did they do? Drove out there. Um, a big thing is, too, we've had some chiefs that have brought, you know, the battalion or, or the, you know, the, the companies that were on scene or the, another shift who wasn't on scene. If something was cool in the fire or something to look at notable, hey, come check this fire out. You know, look at this. Learn right. this lesson. See, this is the new stuff they're putting in these buildings and it behaved this way. You know, you know, so like lesson, lesson learned because we don't get to see some of the stuff. Some of the, the buildings have, you know, essentially they got they got three degrees, right? They have when they're being built. Right. Then they have when they are finished and then they have when they're on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we can count after after, you know, after they're burned as the same as on fire. So to really get all three of those in, in your Rolodex of how things behave is really the, the whole map. If you only get a lot of times, we really only get a third of that. Like she alluded to, we only get right. what's already been built. You know, we don't <laughs> sure. know what's behind the walls. And then, well, yeah. we don't know how it's going to act on fire until we're there a little too late. So. That's really where you got to start encompassing and try to get all three of those aspects in that, that, that mental model. We have a pretty cool culture at uh, my department. My battalion chief specifically wears a helmet cam. 
And I know that helmet cams are a taboo subject, depending on where you yeah. are. They seem to be becoming more, a little more popular, I think, again. But he wears a helmet cam, so we get to watch the game day footage from his point of view later on, the 360, the building construction, whatever. And then we have multiple chiefs that come on scene and take pictures for us. And that's, I mean, they use it for their investigations or whatever, too. But that's all just stuff that we can look at later. And like, hey, look at this weird part of the building construction. Look how that roof collapsed there. That kind of stuff that you may not notice while you're at the fire scene, but then you can learn from later, right? Yeah. And that's pretty cool too. Well, and I will say to your helmet cam thing, unless there's some legal reason, right? anybody that doesn't like helmet cams just doesn't want people to know how bad they suck. Absolutely. Like 100%. that is 100%. Absolutely. Like I get having some restrictions <laughs> on like, don't share the footage without chief's permission, yeah. whatever, but like to not have it at bare minimum for the crew yeah. that was there to watch later 100%. on, I mean, I just don't get it. So, so can I tell a quick story? All Absolutely. Day. All right. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not trying to take over. Uh, so they, <laughs> it's so applicable. And I was just, as you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, this story's too good. So we at uh, one of my departments, we had a house fire. Mm -hmm. Got called in pretty late in on the call, uh, in on the fire. So we showed up. It was a house that had been add added on to multiple times, had a huge garage attached to the backside. Um, and may or may not have had some substances that were being produced inside. Uh, but anyway, so when we showed up, the first crew through the door, they had a smoothbore nozzle, seven eights. They were making a really good hit, had good flow. And I crawled in behind them and we're looking around and it's like, we're shooting up into the attic space and there's nothing. There's like no fire. There's a little bit of smoke, but nothing compared to the fire that's blowing out of the roof in mm -hmm. the backside. And I'm like, man, that doesn't make any sense. And we're pulling ceiling as we're going. And it's just like a little bit of heat and a lot of smoke, but no fire. And then I'm stepping out on the front porch and I'm looking up and there's fire shooting out of the attic. And I'm like, man, this just doesn't feel right. Right. So uh, we ended up repositioning and doing a couple different things. And what we realized was that this house had been chopped up in the attic like five times. Sure. And so there were all these void spaces. And so you had fully involved attic space. You sure. couldn't get to And then, it. yeah, it was just dead space. And then all of a sudden where we were, and I'm like, we're never going to get to it. It's mm -hmm. just not going to happen. Um, and so we did the best that we could. We had a couple of water supply issues, but there was one firefighter who had a helmet cam on and we got to watch everything and critique like flow path, we critiqued the building construction. There were a couple of things that the helmet cam was able to pick up that we didn't catch. At, to, at the time. Yeah, we had to like yep. slow it down. You know who complained about it? The train chief? No, <laughs> the people that have been there for like 30, 40 years. We don't need that out there. We don't need people seeing that we couldn't get to the fire. No, you absolutely need people to see that because there's a reason why we couldn't get right. to the fire. It wasn't like you sure. just didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. And so, you know? of course, me being me, I was like, well, you just don't want us you know, to show anybody because you don't want us, you know, anybody to know that we suck. Right. <laughs> it's just that didn't film. go over so much. <laughs> I can imagine I mean, not, but, you know. Film. I mean, um, we had one, uh, my department had one uh, a few months ago that uh, there was some actions taken on scene, you know, right or wrong, that the, at the, did or did not work at the time that the that that footage that we watched later we could all go oh now i understand that's why that happened yep and just being able to step back and look at it from that perspective not being in the moment learning from it next time we're not doing that or next time we're going to do this you know the same way but we're going to add this on it to it too. you know what i mean like yeah. oh, it's just a, it's just a way and then you can learn building instruction too because some of the stuff that we saw on that building that you know that that they saw in the building that night 
they saw differently when they looked at it, you know, in the footage. They're like, oh, it really wasn't this. It was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I just think it's an invaluable tool. It, I mean, we both, we, this whole, you know, conversation we wrapped up in, like you have referenced, void spaces numerous times. I mean, since we've been at this conference the past three or four days, both of our departments have had hours long battles in, in these buildings because of void space fires. Yes. I mean, we were on one building for almost 12 hours and we're in these buildings every day in St. Louis. Typical legacy type three, we know they exist and we right. still get beat on them. So that's how hard a void space fire is to square up against, especially in your case, multiple voids, multiple additions. Um, it's it's so hard to get out ahead of that. And even when you're prepared, it doesn't seem like you're prepared. Yeah, so, oh, absolutely. But having the knowledge and like the stuff absolutely. that you guys teach is directly applicable to what was going on. Sure. And for me to be able to look and go, that doesn't feel and right. That's the big right. thing. You got that the visual key. cue of that, this don't make sense, right? That gut then, feeling, right? Like yeah. we, we should be making progress. I see fire. I don't see fire. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But you're not going to get that without an understanding of, you knew a building, right? You understood right. the way a building would typically work. So knowing that, but if you don't know that, and, and you would never been able to make that connection. I say kids. They're not kids. They're like 20 somethings, but they're younger than me. So I call them kids. They did not have that knowledge. Right. They they were in there just fighting fire and they were just happy as hell to be flowing water. Right. Which was cool. They were doing a great job and it looked awesome on video. Right. Um, but that was my job at the time was to back out and be like, mm, I don't like this. And the chief that was outside was like, man, I do not like this. Right. And him and I kind of locked eyes and had a moment. I was kind of wondering if he was going to buy me dinner afterwards. <laughs> but we we looked and it, he I, I didn't even have to talk to him. He knew that I was like, man, this ain't good. This isn't good. And so we were able to pull out reposition and it was fine. Um, but the thing that killed me is that that kid who had the helmet cam, he's like, man, I wish I would have never bought that. I'm like, do not say that. Yeah. Don't ever say that. And and now we're under newer leadership. Uh, and that chief is all about helmet all cams. And oh, yeah. I mean, totally so, on board. so now that we're on you know, on the topic of, of, you know, voice space fires and we can just reiterate what we talked about with the overhaul skills needed. So once a fire is considered a voice space fire, things don't make sense. It's running a void space on you. It's getting gross. Now think about what skill matters the most. Is it extinguishment or how to use a hand tool for overhaul? Right. Think about that for a second. Holy yeah. cow. You can be the best nozzleman in the world, but if you don't know how to use a hook, and an axe in the right hand tools aggressively and aggressively overhaul. You were literally having to overhaul for extinguishment at that point. Right. And that's why so many departments lose in these in these battle spaces because they don't have the, the back end knowledge of the of the overhaul portion of what they need. They have all the hose handling and all the water in the world, but they can't get the water on the fire because it's in an unknown space running on them and they can't get that open. Right. For a plethora of reasons. Skill, you know, convenience, what 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 Ever you call it a lack of being up on the roof ever you know that kind of stuff yeah um, all of that is where the culturals the cultural aspect of your department starts to really have on-scene ramifications being scared of heights whatever man whatever we, we make you know we make bucket trucks for that <laughs> actually you know what i'm okay with like aerial ladders and yeah. platforms ground ladders not it's thing. not my thing you yes. gotta take dark side of ladders i get rid of all ladders fields real quick uh, yeah. it's yeah. out there Okay. Best class, class hands out. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so back to like the new guys and not knowing in your fire, like that's not their fault. Like yeah. sometimes I feel like they take offense to that, and yeah. I say new kids too, and I'm not that old either. But like they they don't know what they don't know. I had no idea what building construction was when right. I first started. I had absolutely zero knowledge of it. Right? Did not. The only reason that I even started looking at it was I went to a fire and I was like, huh, there's fire down there. Now fire's up here. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Right? But they, so it's not their fault that they don't know. 
but like you did, you pointed out like, hey, this is weird. That's our job yeah. to change that for them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think too that, you know, with that, you know, we sat down and we actually looked at uh, how we were going to talk to them. About right. It, you know, and, and as a senior firefighters, we were never going to just bash on them. Right. Um, but yeah, so we, we were able to kind of bring them in. We're like, hey, listen, this is what you saw. This is why it happened. Uh, and it ended up working out. So no, it, the culture can be there. It, right. it absolutely can. It's, I feel like it's our responsibility to create and maintain that. Culture. Sure. And, you know, we, we all have have the spark for building structure. No matter where we go, no matter where we're at, everyone seems, no one's out there being like, ah, oh, shut up about that building stuff. That's boring. It's not like that. We get out on the street and everyone has a nugget or an information bit to throw out there about a building. Everyone seems to kind of like it a little bit. Yeah. And that, and we've all had that moment in our career to where we realized we ain't as good as we thought we were. In the in the building and the building gave it to us good and, and that was that did not feel good. So I think we've at, we ask everybody this question, you know, like what drew your interest in building construction? And I'm not sure if we've asked you yet. So was there an incident or a building or something that caught you off guard that made you what was your draw to building construction? Because like you said, we've all had that at some point. So what was yours? Yeah. So uh really it was uh it was a humbling experience right. that mm-hmm. started it, which I'm sure you hear a lot. Uh, it, it was just a fire that we really thought we were doing well. Uh, we really thought we had a good handle on it. Uh, and I actually remember coming out of the fire and looking at the rest of the you know, crew and I'm like, come on in, Ray, man, that was nothing. Yeah. Come on in. Come on in, Ray. Two minutes. We'll get Ray in. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, we literally thought we had gotten that fire put out and we were happy as heck to be doing it. Right. And, you know, we're, you know, high fives and, and butt slaps and, uh, we had, Make room. We got four. Keep going, Make keep room. Going. Oh. So, so, as, uh, so it, yeah, so it, but it, 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 it ran on us and we didn't know it. And so we ended up looking like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all looking for answers, right? Yeah. Why did that happen? So I did the research and I figured out why it happened. So it worked. You know, I mean, it, it was, it was a learning experience, but that's what sparked my interest. And that's what made me realize that I needed to pass that along. To everybody else. That's awesome. So uh, Ray and I can switch. No, no, no. You're good. All right. You're gonna. He's gonna come sit right by me. So for those that are listening and can't see, um, we're joined by uh, Mr. Ray McCormick. He's uh, grossing us with his presence here today. So um, Ray, for the th- invitation. Thanks for being here. Uh, you know, me and Ray have had the privilege of teaching together throughout the years. Awesome mentor of mine. Always gives me his time. I don't need to. I don't need to introduce him. If you don't know who he is, you should Google his name. So, Ray, buildings, old buildings. You worked in the FDNY, obviously, building stock, old buildings. Um, St. Louis, old buildings. Midwest, old buildings. Here's, here's a question for you. How do you take your experiences and knowledge from the buildings you fought fire in all those years and apply that to small-town America, fire on Main Street? Well, of course, old-town America, fire on Main Street is very much the housing stock that most cities have, obviously. And those commercial buildings were you know, built stout. They have good lumber in them, true two by fours, true dimensional lumber, not what we're seeing today. So uh, while the burn times will probably be similar, you you know, uh, small town versus big city, uh, one of the things I would say is that the staffing issue probably becomes something that we have to think about. One of the things I've always said is, especially if fire in the middle of the night in a commercial, Try and get your ducks in a row before you go in. You know, if you need a good, you know, get a sustained water supply, pair up the engine companies that are there so that we have some personnel 
And um, I, I'm not against a small line operation. I'm really not. Um, people think that we have to bring in a large line. We don't have to. But if you do, that's fine, too. Uh, but you're going to need staffing to help move it. But you should also have the mobility of a small line as well, whether it's Correct. first or second in there, because that's a great uh, two-line approach. Sure. We have that flexibility of the smaller line. So one of the things I would say, the staffing is obviously an issue. And some tasks would have to be done sequentially as opposed to simultaneously. So uh, that's something else people have to think about and have a game plan. A lot of places don't have procedures, unfortunately, and I think procedures help a lot uh, because now procedures also give us accountability. We know what tasks that first, second or third due company is supposed to be doing. We also know that we want certain things done. And we may have to move on the fly. We may have to change on the fly. One of the things that we looked at in the UL study out in Ohio, we burned some uh, single story uh, uh, commercials, Mm -hmm. was that ventilation of the roof becomes something a lot of places do, especially single story. Mm -hmm. But in two story, that activity is not going to take place. So um, and we were doing the stores were about. 30 by 70. So for a smooth bore stream or a solid stream and straight stream, that depth is obviously when there's no fire, you're going to cover most of that depth with with an inch and three quarter and certainly a two and a half. But I think when that dimension, that 70 is a square, Mm -hmm. then you might want to think about a bigger line because obviously our hose streams are very much like a narrow building or hallway. We can overpower a hallway very easily with our stream and just think about expanding it, you know, maybe 30 feet wide, probably maybe towards the edge of what we can do with the smaller hand line. But I also believe that once that other dimension gets bigger, you might want to think about a bigger line because, you know, we now we have heat and, sure. you know, the stream is going to get eaten up. The other thing that happens is that we don't account for, but these these places that are old may still have it. They may still have original plaster and last ceilings all, all, all day long. So yeah. uh, if they're intact, we get some ride out of the water hitting the ceiling. But if they have drop ceilings, no, you know, our water goes into that void and basically yeah. it's coming down. We don't even realize where it's coming down. So we may not get the effectiveness that we think we're going to get. So, so, so here's a question yeah. for you. In your opinion, you know, typical what we call taxpayer, right? So commercial first floor occup- residential occupancy on two and three. So do you think it would be better served for, as a, like you said, you should have a plan in place for small town America. Do you think it'd be better to say lead off with a big line on the first floor? You have a wide open space for thinking storeroom or something, coffee shop, whatever. But then maybe your second line is a smaller line for your smaller rooms and your residential. Oh, 100%. Yes. 100%. And that's not something people think about, right? You see, they're yeah. two of the same lines off pre-connect, two 200s yep. or something, yep. but they're not doing, they're not doing one big line, one small line. I mean, does that, I don't do that normally. Do you? So, so we actually have, and again, it's not New York, but I mean, we have a lot of the, the, the taxpayer type buildings. Uh, and so like our go-to is uh, we do a, a 50 foot or a hundred foot section of uh, two and a half with the, the, the inch and three sixteenths. That's our blitz for the, the storefront part. Perfect. Um, but then we're going to have our mutual aid or a second due is going to take the rear where you have the staircase up to the, 
to the living area. Sure. Uh, and they're going to pull the inch and three quarters. Also and gold. So. so people don't realize we get to, me and Lex and I, we study these Main Street fires over and over all over the country. And the prevailing pattern we're starting to see is the fires are mostly always in the rear. Yeah. Makes sense. It's where the kitchens, the smoking's at. That's where the heating, that's where the behavior of people that start fires generally occurs is in the rear of these buildings. So yeah, should you battle through it to get to the rear? You know, maybe you should put some water in between some stuff for an interior exposure, protect some stairways, but have a plan. Like Dave just said, maybe think about having the second in company go to the rear and go right at the fire if they can get to it. Just makes sense, right? Understanding that with all those behaviors, has access issues, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to too. Yeah, so um, in FDNY, we are able to bring the upstate officers in for uh, first-line supervisor training. Sure, yeah. And it's a good program. We They get like a taxpayer fire. We call it a taxpayer, right? Two-story. Uh, but you have to be careful of the fact that the staffing levels may not allow for a 100-foot depth or 125-foot depth of a two-and-a-half. Correct. Right. Whereas there's a, there's a door on the Bravo side right. that they're going to try and access yeah. that, and they, boom, they're right at the halfway, fire. Halfway, right so in you there. have to think Correct. about that. 100%. You definitely, you know, that's why that, you know, for a chief officer especially, I think it's important to not rush to get to the fire. Obviously, you have to get there, but take a loop around the back. Drive around the back or, the, or get the other street. Don't come in the exact same way everybody else does because, you know, the, the rear 360 might be difficult to get, but at least you, you see it. Sure. So you have that already. Boom. You don't have to rely on anybody else's uh, subjective assessment on that. But I agree with you with the different size lines. Definitely makes 100%. And uh, we were falling into a thing until we did the manual that we had a lot of new officers and firefighters that believed that a store inside a multiple dwelling was a commercial thing and it needed two and a half. It didn't require. So we changed everything to six stories and below, even a high rise residential. You can stretch if you can stretch off your apparatus and it makes sense a timely manner, you can stretch your inch and three quarter and sure. operate in there because it was one thing to drag a two and a half down the street. That's not a big deal. That's not a big ask. So but if you're trying to drag it into a candy store Ooh, that has yeah. plexiglass, yeah, yeah, and right, everything right. Else, you're, you're only working against yourself. Yeah, right, correct. And, and drop ceilings and everything sure. else. So, yeah. So we we getting the word out on so, that. So, and, you know, we had Ray here because it's such a good opportunity. And people don't realize these old buildings, we can take stuff that big cities do. They're the same buildings. They're the same mm-hmm. fire. The, the, the fire doesn't know where it's at in America, whether it's in the Bronx or it's in small town Main Street. Yeah. So people don't realize that they see the big city departments and they're like, ah, I can't relate to any of that. Staffing, I get. Response time's also a thing. But like when it comes down to it, it's literally the same fire in a different spot. So some of these tactics and strategies absolutely hold relevance to anywhere in America, Main Street, anywhere in America. So the big thing we hit on with all these buildings is, is the, the void spaces. Oh. And it doesn't seem like anyone ever gets good at that game. And I mean, can you, I'm sure you have stories. Oh, we, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> I went to a seventh alarm fire. It was a two alarm fire at one time. And then later at night, it was a fifth alarm. <laughs> right. There so, you go. You add them together. Yeah. So, there was probably good. some voids involved in yeah. that as well, but you're hundred percent right. And uh, you know, we had a lot and you do see this is the loft style building sure. with the cast iron columns and the high ceilings. And then there changed into residential. And that was a thing in New York. 
it was called artist in residence that was like the first popularity down in hell's hundred acres downtown soho area and those conversions of course you know what are they doing because right. maybe they're dropping the ceiling you know we have a lot of that obviously mm -hmm. um to save on heat make it more energy efficient that type of thing so we had a fire in an old uh commercial building years ago they did an article on it it was called built to burn and it were tremendous void spaces they went in the first uh two companies they had fire in a light fixture second dude truck went above as usual that they had a room going sure. whatever it, and this thing just went went Correct. to the top and it spread out and it was off to the races so you're exactly right the uh, void spaces have to be checked we are aware of certain features like uh elevator shafts obviously dumbwaiter shafts that's which another kind one, yeah. of like outlawed after a while in right. new york we also have you know compactor shafts so shoots. and you know electrical runs even in high-rise you, you know high-rise commercial you you have void spaces you know they're supposed to be protected and stuff but you know it's always a challenge but i think if you build up awareness to that that helps but again line placement not just you know spreading out your stream this is more of a director directed effort to put water in a void space um certainly i mean we all see that you have a nickel's worth of fire in one room yeah and now it's in the void and it's up in the cock loft or whatever so yeah you definitely i mean we've made in the fdmy they've created positional nozzles so sure the, the void space now the right. void space nozzle, nozzle, cellar nozzle yeah you know we've had bent tips but now there's bent tips available that you can just put on the end of your nozzle and it gets the water where it needs to be. Sure. And I think there needs to be a, a larger focus on that. I mean, just the past two years in the fire service, we've had numerous void space hostile fire events, right? I mean, we all know the cities we're talking about. Some had very bad days, but we're starting to get the backdrafts out of these older buildings. And it's all leading back to void spaces. And do you think maybe there should be a discussion on maybe those nozzles need to come to the forefront again and maybe just you know, be talked about a little more, maybe departments, maybe buying them. Because, you know, some departments still have the Breslin distributors and my department still uses those. Sure. It might be a once in a career application. But That's the point correct. is, is at least we have the tool for the, for the appropriate time, right? Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely, you know, they're not gimmicks. They're not correct. gimmicks. They're not they gimmicks, right. Placement tools. And correct. that's how we have to think about it because again, if you can't put any water in there or it's difficult to do unless you have this specialized tool, then, right. you know, it's not a big ask to get a few of them, you know. So uh, when you were coming in, we were asking, if, you know, what his fire was that sparked his interest in building construction. So for you, what was there a fire, you know, early in your career, even later on, that you had a building that was weird that made you realize that you needed to look at these buildings more? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that... <laughs> When I was a firefighter, I worked in Midtown Manhattan. And, uh, you know, I was obviously, everybody's new on the job at some point. And I just remember, like, being there and these canyons of buildings that you couldn't even see the top of. And, you know, they, you know, so it was very diverse area, but you had to be on your toes. And a lot of our fires, we had similar fires, but we didn't have garden uh, variety, like the same fire all the time in the same type of building. So you had to have respect for the buildings. You you definitely have to have respect for buildings, especially commercial buildings or anything that's not within your normal uh, preview. But what I would say about one of the things that I've 
I'll tell you a little fire that was interesting. Uh, I went up to Harlem. I was a new lieutenant. I went up there. And I remember they couldn't find the fire. We were at the Apollo Theater and uh, famous Apollo Theater, but we were in the office area and they couldn't find the fire. And I remember firefighters getting like frustrated. You know, they couldn't find it. I'm like, wow, this is right up my alley because when I worked in Midtown, it wasn't unusual for us to have to search for a fire over a big space, you know, chasing the smoke, trying to find it. And I ended up finding the fire in this office and, uh, you know, we called for the line, we put it out. But again, knowing where to look is important as well. If we're wasting our time opening things that don't need to be open, Correct. we have to, you know, we have the thermal imaging camera that right. certainly helps yeah. now. That's, a, that's yeah. a big aid. So all these things you're saying, building construction, exactly. So that was a, yeah. a watch oh. out. And then I've had where we have what we call uh, wraparound apartments where mm -hmm. we have a, a, a a center core area that's open in the building and two apartments meet and they join the wall and we actually have like a balloon construction of that of that joined wall and and there's a void running up in there so and you just have to know about these things sure. so we pass them on that's why books of department you know that's to help the young firefighters coming up you know Correct. pass on the little secrets if you will sure if we keep them to ourselves we're not helping the next generation that's awesome um well, you know, Ray, it was a, more than a pleasure having you on here. You basically reiterated and validated the whole conversation that we just had um, before your arrival. Um, we're coming up on an hour. So I'm glad uh, I guys, make it. you guys have any questions before we get out of here? It's been absolutely amazing to have this opportunity today with, with these people. Yeah. No, it's great. I appreciate your, the opportunity. Uh, FDIC is just... Uh, this goes on every day in FDIC, people talking about fires, and it's great. Good. It's right. a good way to keep fire in your life. Yeah. Yes, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> All right. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.